Hello, hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers. I'm Mark, your Trucking Answers podcast host, and I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, who's orange and sleeping right now, but she could get up at any time if she has something that she needs to interject here. This is the trucking podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to, and then they know what they should say. So, we talk today will be an unabridged show and we're going to talk about trucking news, some automotive news as sprinkled through there and yet another reason we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? They have fast internet through Starlink, but we can't live there because there's a bunch of dumb stupid idiot people on this planet that take all of our money and time, uh, you know, being occupied to deal with them and so we don't have any left to go live on the beautiful flat red planet. That's why we're not there and we'll get to that in the third half of the show. Now, I also like to go beyond trucking and talk about current things in the news and what's going on. We can do that here on the podcast stuff. I can't talk about on uh, YouTube. Yeah, we talked about that on the live show that recently went on there. We can't necessarily talk about things, but this is my podcast. I pay for it and own it, and that's how podcasting works. If those of you would like to start one, be sure to email me, mark at truckinganswersnation.com, and I'll walk you through exactly how to get your own podcast started and get your voice heard so i like to wrap up that show and talk about what's in the news and stuff like that and so we're going to do a little bit later we're going to do a little bit of science for gasoline and how you're being scammed on that but but so get ready get your pens pencils and scientific calculators ready calculator watches adding machines you'll need it first i want to talk about the constitution which i love to talk about it's such a short document i would recommend everyone read it if you haven't yet done so get out your pocket constitution with all the recent activities in the news, I'd like to remind people of what the Constitution does and what it does not do. So what the Constitution does is limit the federal government. The federal government is only allowed to do things listed in the Constitution. Other things are reserved for the states. So if it's not in the Constitution, the federal government has no say in it. That's how the country is supposed to work. Each state is kind of works like its own little independent country within the framework of the United States. Get it? All the states are united under one constitution. So your rights under the constitution stay. For example, free speech is nationwide because when a place becomes a state, they sign on to the U.S. Constitution. But things not listed in the United States Constitution, the federal government doesn't get to do. So, Anything that they're doing now that is not listed, they're also not supposed to do because I'm sure somebody's going to write to you, well, Mark, uh, they do this and it's not listed. Right. So they shouldn't be doing it. The problem is people can always vote themselves the largesse of the federal government, and that's why it does things that it is not supposed to do. So anything that's not in there, they don't do, and so the states get to do, and that's what a recent court ruling said. Okay, it isn't the end of the world for people or anything. If you live in a state that does not permit some type of activity that you would like to do, you can then go to another state that does permit it and do that activity. The perfect example of this is marijuana use. Some states in the United States allow people to purchase marijuana for recreational use. Some states do not, like this state of Indiana. It is not allowed to be sold here for recreational use. So, someone in this state, though, could travel to another state to use marijuana. That's right. 
because that's how it works. You can travel to a state that allows you to do things that maybe are not allowed in your own state. And it could also be the reverse. So maybe you live in a state like California that lets people poop on the sidewalk and it just in other ways, uh, you know, allows crimes to happen and you're not that happy with it. Well, you could move to a different state that does not allow these kind of things where people actually cannot poop on the sidewalk among and do drugs on the sidewalk and all these other things. And you wouldn't have to fund that. That's how it works. So oh, maybe it's marijuana. You're like, I don't like the marijuana. So you could move from Colorado to Indiana where it is illegal. Right? And you could then call your neighbors in or whatever it is that you need to do about it. And that's how it works. You don't get to go to the federal government and make some kind of law like that because the federal government doesn't have any say in it. It's not listed in the Constitution. Therefore, the federal government can't do it. Now, what you can do is go to the federal government and have an amendment to the federal Constitution. How about that? You can amend it. It's been amended many times. Okay? And it can continue to be amended all along. If you'd like to change something about it, add something, or take something away from it, there is an amendment process that you are welcome to go through. And once that is done, it becomes part of the United States Constitution. Simple as that. But until that time, the federal government does have, has no right to do anything that isn't listed there. Because the Constitution is there to limit the federal government. Stop thinking that, you know, oh, well, this is how it's always been. Well, you know, we said that in the 1860s also, but things change over time. Each state gets to choose. It's just as simple as that. And that's how it should be. That's exactly how it should be. That's how the founding fathers envisioned the country, is that a group of states right together, each one may have a little different rules, laws, things like that. And then you choose. I know that's hard for people to understand today where they actually have to take control of their life and do something for themselves. But you choose. So if you live somewhere, you get, you actually get to move. Okay, that is, that has been decided by the Supreme Court, that you can freely move anywhere you want within the United States. And the state can't say, well, we're full or whatever. You get to move there if you want to. So if you don't like what a state is doing, move. All right, move. And that is how it is supposed to work. So just keep that in mind. When you're out, uh, you know, something that you personally think should happen or whatever. It doesn't matter what you personally think. What matters is what does the Constitution say? I don't care what you think. I care what the Constitution says. If you'd like to change the Constitution, I'm all for it. So go ahead and I'll support whatever's in there. But until that happens, Tenth Amendment rules the day. Speaking of the wonderful state of California, Governor Newsom has proposed a $1,050 check to adults there. Now, I don't know why that amount. It's an inflation check. So don't you love that? So what he said is that because gas prices are so high, and in California they're way higher, why? Regulations of California. Among all the other costs of California, like rent control, which all it does is drive up rent prices, because there's no free market there to keep the prices down, among many other things, uh, he says, look, let's give $1,050 to each citizen. And I think it's going to pass. That's the way it looks at the moment. So each person will get $1,050. Now, Chicago did this not that long ago with a gas card, but it was a lottery. 
you had to put your name in, and then you got like a $150 gas card. Uh, and it was also good for the bus or whatever, something like that. But it was a lottery. In California, it'll be everybody, residents, okay? So what happens is the government creates a problem by, uh, you know, having an artificial money supply, the Federal Reserve. And then, uh, you know, they manipulate everything. They close everything up and then open it up illegally, in my opinion. And then there's huge inflation because of, uh, you know, maybe certain president's policies. And now <laughs> everything is super expensive. And they're like, you know what would cure inflation? Giving out a bunch of money to people. Because as we know, that's the way to cure inflation is just to hand out even more money that the government doesn't have because the government doesn't have any money. It has your money. Right? It has stolen your money out of your check. And now it's going to give it back to you. And this would include the unhoused, as they say out there. I love that, right? We used to call this homeless people, but now they're the unhoused because they don't have housing. And it would include everybody. Now, uh, what do you think about that? You think that's a great idea, the government giving out money? Now, everybody's going to love it. And I think kids are going to get money, too. So it'll be just kind of like the other stimulus checks and everything where, you know, it's so much a person and then so much a kid and all that stuff. So, But it's 1050 for adults the way I understand it to help with to offset prices in California. Do you think that will help offset the prices in the state? Hmm. I wonder how that's going to work. I've seen a lot of this in the news and stuff, and a number of people have written to me about it. What do you think about sign-on bonuses versus pay for drivers? And uh, we have the exact same issue that other companies have um, in that they give a large sign-on bonus to new people, and that, in fact, makes some of them, depending on what they're doing, make more money than people that have already been there. And then at the end of that year, when the sign-up bonus is fully paid out, which I don't consider it a sign-up bonus if you have to wait a year for it, but that's what they call it, uh, <laughs> a number of the people quit are usually around half of them because they go somewhere else to get another sign-up bonus. And so then the company keeps upping the sign-up bonus. And sometimes they've added up as much as $7,500 over that first year. That's a considerable amount of pay to give somebody another $600 a month, basically 150 bucks a week, as a bonus. I think they pay it out in three installments or something. Or they give you like 500 bucks and then pay it in two more times. It's, they, they keep changing. They forever change it. But I'll see this at a lot of companies. Cisco uh, has been running ads. They, in some places, they have a $15,000 sign-on bonus. All right, and so a number of people have written to me from different companies, not Cisco. I just happen to see their ad and say, look, what do you think I should do about this? They're giving out, you know, 10000 and so people that just started are making more than me, and I've been here eight years. And something I'm like, you should go talk to them and tell them this ain't right. Uh, but it turns out most companies don't care, uh, like here and at most places. So you tell them that, and they're like, yeah, that's, uh, that's a real shame. We need to get new drivers. I'm like, but you also need to keep the drivers that you have, or you should want to. You should want to keep the drivers that you have because over time that's a better deal for the company to have someone that knows the whole system and you don't have to keep messing around with them. They can just do their job. Companies don't seem to either get this or care about it that much. And it's always disappointing to me when I see that. But uh, some places have these huge sign-on bonuses. Is that the same thing where you are? Do you have a gigantic sign-on bonus that is causing new people to make more than you maybe? Because they only give it to new people. I've noticed that a lot. They don't have a retention bonus after you're already there. You're there and they just forget all about you. And I just don't understand company's thought process on this. 
Now, sure, there's a few companies that do give bonuses. I've seen, you know, 10000 every five years. So at the end of your fifth year, right there on your five-year anniversary, that next check, you get $10,000. That's pretty nice. But most, for the most part, companies just give bonuses to people to start. And then once you're there, you're forgotten about. You're put in the back burner. And you, so at the end of that first year, then you were getting that extra $7,500 or whatever. That's gone. So the next, the second year there, you end up making less money than you did the first year. And so what do drivers do? Well, they quit. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They should quit over that stuff. You know, companies need to get their head out of their butts, buttocks. Haha, <laughs> buttocks, I said several times. Hilarious. And, uh, and realize what they're doing. They are causing their own problem. And speaking of hiring, we have Sierra England now which is a class action is forming, okay? And a, there's a law firm that is attempting to form a class action because they say, the law firm says that in October of 21, there was a data breach at England and it exposed the uh, names and social security numbers and maybe other information it said, but at least that and maybe more of 224,000 people. And... England took six months investigating it before they even mentioned it to anybody. And all they're doing for people that say anything is giving them a year of credit monitoring. And my thing was, wow, how long did it take them to go through 224,000 people at Sierra England? Is that, do you find that amazing? I find that quite amazing. That a quarter, almost a quarter of a million people at some point have worked at Sierra England. Now, it didn't say how long this breach was for. So how long, you know, how far back in the past it could go. What if it's 10 years? That's still 22,000 people a year that the information, you know, that they got in. As of the recording of this podcast, Sierra England has 2,600 trucks. What do you think about that? <laughs> All right. Is it possible that they're underreporting their huge turnover? Because, look, even at 10 years, that gives them a 900% turnover. All right. 900%. That's what it would be. Now, I don't know how long it's for or whatever, but that's incredible. All right. It's 450% for 20 years of turnover. <clears throat> I think that's really really something for the place and to have all that uh, data exposed that that many people have worked at what is you know a large trucking company but not enough where you get a quarter million people in there if you're part of this i'll keep everybody updated it isn't even a, um, a class action yet it's just forming so uh you know we'll see where this goes i think it'll i think it'll get some traction with that many people i mean holy mackerel so this one goes into a different amendment the second amendment so here's a driver, and by the way, as I always say on these, I'm not a lawyer. All right, so I can't give out any legal advice. If you want legal advice, go seek out a licensed attorney of your choosing and go get legal advice from them. I'm just giving out my opinion here. So a driver from Missouri, all right, got that? Was arrested in Michigan for violating the concealed carry law. I don't know why they pulled him over. I could go look it up, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but anyhow, like he had a gun, all right, a scary, scary gun, 
Oh, by the way, I've been watching my guns because I heard that they kill people and they haven't gone and killed anybody yet. So maybe they sneak out at night and do it. And I don't know anything about it. Not sure. Anyways, <laughs> he had a gun on him and he goes, look, his defense is Missouri doesn't require me to have a concealed carry license. All right. But Michigan does require you to have a license from your home state and they will accept it. All right. But he doesn't have one because he's from Missouri. And this is, goes back to our earlier conversation about the 10th Amendment. Each state can set its own rules. Now, I don't think concealed carry is lawful. You know, I think the Second Amendment should hold sway over everything because this is a right that is listed. And a Supreme Court decision just came out here this week that affirmed people's right to carry outside their home. All right. So, but beyond that, what this driver is arrested for because he didn't have a concealed carry from his state. Now, in a, in a few days here, July 1st in Indiana, we will no longer need a license to carry a weapon here in Indiana. But, like the state police said, they recommend you get one if you're going to travel because some states need it, and so you need the license from here. All right, I think the five years free now and uh, lifetime's 100 bucks, something like that. Maybe the lot, you know, I'm not sure. But in July 1st, you won't need one at all. But this driver's arrested. Be very careful always carrying some kind of weapon in your truck. You know, try to, uh, you know, if you just have your hands with you, your hands never run out of ammunition. Always keep that in mind. So where will this go with this driver? I don't know. I mean, it's a charge. It's a, it's a weapons charge. My company would fire me, and a lot of companies would do that. They have that policy. So I would just instantly be fired for it, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. I would only have to worry about the gun charge. Now, if you need to weigh your truck or anything, uh, go check out Blue Ink Technology. And they're not paying for this or anything. They are onboard scales where all you need to install them is, I don't know, just really a razor blade or, you know, a knife. And you just cut a couple of airlines, put in their fittings, and their Bluetooth. You download an app to your phone. And you get updates while you're loading every second. And then... Once you change it to driving, you get updates on your weight every minute on there. And you can just look at it anytime you want. You have to calibrate it. So you first time you go weigh and then go with a little scale and calibrate the thing. But other than that, this would save you time from going to the cat scale. You'd know if you're legal right away. Now, a number of people commented on the live show that if you're overweight when you're loading, they want you to go get a cat scale ticket. So I think you should be paid for that. Certainly as a company driver, you would be paid, I would think. And I think as an owner-operator, you should also get paid for it. So I think you should put that in your contract. Other than that, look, if you were, say, you're 73000 74000 this would allow you to know on the go, as they say, if you're legal and you wouldn't have to keep stopping at cat scales. Imagine if you could eliminate, say, 90% of the times that you need to stop or 80% of the times. So that would save you a lot of time and it would save you a lot of fuel if you are buying the fuel. Blue Ink Technology. I just think it's a good idea. I don't have this thing and I can't test it because they wrote me and said, well, look, we'll send it to you to check out. Or I can't, though, because it's not my truck and there's no way they're going to let me cut airlines and install this. Um, and you, you would think they would because they would get it on their truck. But no, because I had the same problem with heated wipers. I had a company that offered me a set of heated wipers to put on the truck, but they have to be wired in. And uh, I told the company, go, look, wire them in. Oh, no, can't do it. 
I go, why not? I'll give you the wipers. You just wire them in. No, no. So, uh, you know, they're very short-sighted. But I can't do it, so I can't test them. So I'm not charging them anything. So, But I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea, and I think if it's something you could do, I think you may want to check into it. You'd need the same trailer all the time, of course, and companies really should just have this in all their units. If it was already on a unit, too, it's in the app. You can just uh, search the unit number out and bingo, and it just hooks right up right away. So pretty easy, pretty good idea. If it's available to you, go check out Blue Ink Technologies and uh, check out their AirScale. They got a couple other products, but that was the main thing uh, that we were talking about uh, with them. USA Truck gets sold to DB Schneinker, Schneinkers. At the end of the year, they're going to go private. So if you own USA Truck stock, I guess you're going to get a little bump in your pay there because they're going to buy you out. You will get sold. Your stock will get sold and you will get the money because it's going to become a private company. So it won't be listed anymore after the end of the year. And so I don't know what will happen. This is a logistics place. This is a better deal than being bought up by some private equity firm that doesn't know anything about trucking. That's all this place does. It's a worldwide logistics company that's buying them. I hope for the best there, really, as I do always. <laughs> but uh, I'm always prepared for the worst. So everybody out listening in the sound of my voice and the um, countries that are listening, always be ready to go to another job no matter what, no matter where you work or how great you like your job. So some maroon gets uh, stuck again in Smuggler's Notch in Vermont. Uh, truck driver, of course. Now, this is the thing about this that really bothers me. It makes truck drivers look stupid. You know, I read the whole article. The police asked him, did you see the signs? There are a lot of signs. Yes. He said, yeah, I saw all the signs, but GPS told me to go this way. I mean, what am I supposed to say to that? You know, what do we say to somebody like that? Oh, sure. I saw that he, and he says, yeah, yeah, I saw the signs. Well, why'd you go this way? Well, the GPS was routing me this way. Well, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand it. His fine is $3,544 plus two points on his license. All right, for getting, because he got around a corner, he couldn't get around. They had to go, they had to take a tow truck and lift the trailer and move it over so they could get around this corner. It took a few hours, plus the tow cost, whatever that is. He should get the dumb, stupid idiot award of the day. Are you ready with your calculator? Do you have an adding machine? Do you have a pen and paper? Well, E88 is the newest scam by the government to get you to think gas prices are coming down. So, and in most places, it does not say E88. It's just called 88 or Super 88. Now, what 88 gas is, is 15% ethanol. It's really E15 gas. And the thing is that the more ethanol you put in gasoline, the less energy it has. Gasoline should never have been sold by the gallon to start with. It should be sold by the energy content, just the same way you pay an energy bill at your house. You're charged per kilowatt. You're not charged per light bulb or that way. Gasoline is the same way. So we know gasoline has around 116,000 BTUs of energy, but 100% ethanol only has... 76,000 BTUs of energy in it and the vehicle needs energy to move down the road so the less of it that you have in the tank the less distance you can get it has to use more to get the energy that it needs so when we multiply 114 you know uh, by 
0.85 and then 76,000 by 0.15. And then we divide that out. We find that we have about 91% of the energy of a gallon of gasoline. That means that the price of 88 needs to be around 91% of the price of gas just to break even. All right, just to break even. So basically, you need to take about 10% off the price of gas to break even. If gas is five bucks, 450 about is your break even on 88. All right, that's just a break even. It, so really, will market cost me less? No, because you use more of it to move you down the road. It's just simple science. So we have to get a price less than that to make sense. Now here, 489, I went by the Circle K today and they sell 88 there and it is 469. Well, that's 20 cents off per gallon. And people think, oh, I'm saving 20 cents. But in fact, you are not saving anything. You are spending more money because we didn't get the 10% off, we should get 48 cents off about just to make it even. So we need to be in the around the 440 range, 441 to break even. At 469, you're paying more than if you bought regular gas at 489. Get it? That's the big scam of 88. And of course, corn should not be used to power your car because then it costs more for any other corn like food products. The more of it that we divert, the more planting and all that we divert to fuel, the more that the corn that we get for corn flakes and everything else costs because we're using it to stick in our stupid gigantic cars to drive around to a job we don't like so that we can go to a house that we barely see to make money for a car to go to a job we don't like. And then make more money for a house that we have that we barely see because we got to go to work to pay for our expensive house and our stupid car. So that's the scam of 88. That's what the government put out there. That's basically a scam on everybody to get them to think, oh, well, gas prices, look how much they're coming down. No, 88 is corn gas. And I don't recommend you use it in any car, even if your car is flex fuel. But if your car is not flex fuel, do not use these high percentage ethanol in the car. It eats up your seals and stuff if they're not made for it. Don't use it. And if you're going to use it, at least do some math to figure out if you're saving any money. Because at the prices I've seen out here, it's not really a savings. You think you're saving. But because public schools don't teach anybody anything, nobody understands how energy works or anything else. And then we have a problem like this where... You know, the masses are just bewildered into thinking that they're doing great. I didn't know if you know this, but uh, it turns out that minorities, as the article said, seem to be affected by electric vehicles more than everybody else. They don't have access to electric vehicles. And you know what, folks? I am so sick of everything being race-based. I am I'm sick of it. Okay? Everybody that wants to can buy an electric vehicle if they would like to. But the government, of course, has a solution. They said, look, why don't we put, and I love this, why don't we put charging stations in low-income neighborhoods? And they're, what they're implying, of course, is that only minorities live in low-income neighborhoods, but, you know, they're not racist, only everybody else is. But, okay, we'll go past that. So what they said is they're going to put charging stations in low-income neighborhoods so that people have access to charging. Are you hearing this? All right, <laughs> 
Do you think people in a low-income neighborhood, regardless of their race, are buying electric vehicles? And uh, you think their only reason they don't buy an electric vehicle is because there's no charging in the area? So Sam Poor make like, you know, $24,000 a year. I'm barely making it, living in the low-income area. Uh, I have to shop at Aldi, pick out one banana at a time. And I'm thinking, boy, you know what I need in my neighborhood? Charging stations. No, you know, generally low-income neighborhoods have higher crime rates, and maybe people in the low-income area might be thinking, you know what I need in the neighborhood? A police station. <laughs> or something like that, because I can't even walk to work without being accosted, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's the stupidest thing. It's so pandering. You know, we're so pandering to people, and, and the thing is that people lap it up, which they shouldn't. They should be offended. should be offended to, uh, you know, to when somebody suggests that it's some kind of race thing. Okay, that is so offensive. And it should be offensive to everybody. They're not really trying to offend me. I'm apparently privileged. Uh, but, you know, they're offending people by suggesting that if they just had chargers, they could go in an electric car. How about this? If you're making twenty, thirty thousand, which is what you'd be making, presumably in a low income neighborhood, you're not gonna buy a sixty thousand dollar Tesla or the new Mercedes EQS starting at one hundred nine thousand dollars electric vehicle. All right, that isn't your main problem for the day. And to use government funds, to, of course, government shouldn't be funding electric vehicle charging. Again, not in the Constitution. So the federal government should have nothing to do with it. Well, Mark, they didn't have electric cars in the 1600s when they wrote the Constitution back in 1492. I don't care. You can go amend the Constitution. All right. No problem. You want electric government to provide electric vehicle charging just go amend the constitution in there that the government federal government will provide electric vehicle charging to all people in low-income neighborhoods and I'll, I'll go along with it okay but you don't just get to have the federal government pay for all this garbage and it's such a waste it's such a complete waste you know wherever you live unless you live in east armpit which apparently is a gated community just go drive through a lower income neighborhood all right you know where it is everybody knows where it is Right here, out 25 as you head out of town. Right here on the west side out there. That, that would be it, right? Probably part of downtown. There's not a bunch of electric cars parked around with people not knowing how to charge them. That is not people's main concern. Okay, how about stop releasing idiots? They just did this in California, of course. These guys busted with 1,500 fentanyl pills. All right, they released on their own recognizance. ROR'd them. ROR'd them. <laughs> this is a... This is like a 25-year sentence you can get for this, they said. And they're gonna, they are award these guys. Love it. I just love it. How about let's not do that kind of stuff. But uh, this kind of pandering, race baiting and all, it's so, it's so beneath the country. It's, we've just devolved into, you know, thinking about stuff like that. And it's just so stupid. It's stupid. Going around the neighborhood, oh, boy, you know what? I would get a Tesla if only there was somewhere to charge it. You know what? They can just drive over to Meyer like everybody else. Everybody in that neighborhood, there's that supercharger over there. That's the least of your problems. Sitting the thing on the street, I think it'd be a bigger problem. I want to tell you about Werner also as I jump around here. Werner, the lawsuit is still is coming up here in the next couple of months. It'll get its first uh, court date. Werner is being sued again, right? As these megacares always are. This lawsuit, this class action is for trainee pay at Werner. And they're suggesting that people are not paid for their time that Werner has a policy apparently I've never worked at, I've never worked at Werner they have a policy that 
you are responsible for the truck and the load 24 hours a day. That even if you're off, uh, you know, if you're out and you go to a truck stop or whatever, you can't just go, I don't know, say you're in a truck stop and you can't in Vegas and you can't just go down to the casinos or whatever. You're not supposed to leave the truck like that. You're supposed to stay in the in the area like they would let you go in the truck stop, but you can't just leave the truck for whenever. And so what people are saying is that, look, all right, so trainees that have to sit with the truck, they're not going to be paid minimum wage because of the low pay that they get and 24 hours a day. That's what the contention of the lawsuit is, is that they're not getting minimum wage. And that's an interesting argument that if a company says you are responsible day and night, why shouldn't you be paid for that time? Okay, I don't like right now. Okay, I'm obviously not at work, so I'm not responsible for the truck because I'm not there. So because I'm off. So why wouldn't it be the same if you work for Werner? If you are off duty, duty, I said duty. Why are you still responsible? If you're responsible also, also, I think this is going to be Werner's argument. They're logged off duty. So drivers that feel they're responsible should actually be on duty. Until you're relieved of duty, I'm going to say duty a lot here, you are on duty. That's what the FMCSA says, looking up in the green book, right? So as long, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you are doing something for a motor carrier, you're on duty. And it doesn't matter if, actually if you're being paid, if it's for a motor carrier. If they are making you do something where you don't have the ability to choose activities uh, you know decide an activity of your own choosing and at the location of your choice that's what they say you're on duty so if you can't leave the truck and take a cab downtown to the m m museum in las vegas if they would say no to that then you're you're still legally on duty according to the fmcsa and so i'm with them i'm with them on this He's, and look if you're really, if you're being gone the whole week and you have to sue a place to give you minimum wage, what are you doing? Do companies not think, oh, maybe this is why we can't get people? Maybe there's a driver shortage. Maybe we are a terrible place to work that doesn't pay anything. You wouldn't have had this problem in 1975 in trucking. I'll tell you that. There weren't minimum wage lawsuits because nobody in trucking got minimum wage then. People made a good living. Now you have to go beg a company to give you minimum wage and then we wonder why drivers don't want to go on the road for instance here they a couple of weeks ago they had an opening i guess somebody was going to be off on and they didn't have anybody to replace them of course and so they offered up and they go hey you guys want to go and take this run and you're gone a week you were going to leave sunday and come back friday and what they offered was the pay of the run plus a thousand dollar bonus for that week so whatever you made which was 70 i think it was 70 cents a mile and 30 bucks a stop plus a thousand bucks nobody did it okay everybody's like nope and so you probably would have made three thousand thirty five hundred bucks and they couldn't get anybody to do it that's what trucking has turned into all right i assume you'd made at least three thousand maybe more and uh everybody said no not interested so there you go with something like that but this warner thing where's it gonna go uh they'll they'll settle it i'm almost sure of that not a lawyer but before it goes to a decision i'm sure they'll make some kind of settlement another gimmick coming up is the fuel tax holiday so the federal government is proposing 
Obama said so. He said it's a gimmick. You're going to save 15 to $20 over a few months, maybe 25 bucks, depending on how much gas you use. Is that a lot of money? You think that's a lot of money? Well, Mark, anything is a lot of money. How about this? If the government could just turn on and off the taxes, what are they doing with the money? If they're not using the money, legit, why are they taxing you? Okay, they shouldn't, of course. But uh, this fuel tax holiday may come up. It may affect people driving a semi more. But interestingly, if it reduces the price of diesel, it would reduce the fuel surcharge that you are getting. So it would have the effect of you'd pay less, but you would also be getting less in your pay because the average price of diesel would reduce, which would then reduce your surcharge. So it would be offset by reduction in your pay if you own the truck or you're buying the fuel. Isn't that great? Nobody thinks through any of this. Now, for the gas holiday, yeah, okay, you'll save a little bit depending on how much you commute. And, you know, if you drive some gigantic truck around because you've got, you know, body issues where you think some of you is smaller than the rest of uh, everybody out there. Either way, I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, it's a gimmick. Let's go with Obama. Everybody thinks he's the greatest person ever, right? So he said it's a gimmick. And so uh, I'm with him. As if California doesn't waste enough money. Now there's a proposal, which likely will pass, that if you will electric swap your vehicle or any vehicle, they will give you a $2,000 rebate from the state of California. And they showed a picture of a 57 Chevy, which somebody was uh, putting an electric motor in to power the thing, taking out the gas engine. And I think that person should be taken outside and beaten senseless with a garden hose. Okay, who would do that? And what kind of stupid thing is this? Who's going to electric swap their vehicle? I think it's dumb. And proof that this matters is the Mercedes EQS that I mentioned earlier. This is the new electric flagship sedan from Mercedes. It's the size of an S-Class, but it's all electric. And you know what they do when you get on the gas in that car? They pipe in engine sounds through the speakers. True story. Okay. So when you get on it in there... They pipe in engine sounds. So if you don't think that matters, that matters. That's all part of driving. You know, it isn't just being whisked along silently, as I uh, have said here many times. Part of the thrill of driving a performance car or really, you know, any, any car, it's not just the driving. It's the sound and the feel and everything. And Mercedes knows that. And they pipe in engine sounds, which I love, into their electric car, which otherwise wouldn't have any. And they're based on the pedal position and stuff. So to engine, to electric swap a 57 Chevy, I mean, I, I can't even imagine it. Plus, this one was yellow, which is even worse. So uh, this is stupid a thing. For the government to fund that or pay, have taxpayers pay for it in any way is completely ridiculous. Because who, let's be honest about this, who can really afford to take a car and do an electric vehicle swap? Which I looked up the prices. Depending on the car, it can be twenty grand maybe more depends on the battery size you use and all kinds of stuff like that so you've got a car you got to shell out twenty thousand. no insurance pays for this you're going to pay for this yourself and you go to the state and you, the state is going to fund this for rich people that's always been the problem of the ev tax credit seventy five hundred dollars people buying a model x for a hundred and six thousand dollars are getting a seventy five hundred dollar rebate from the federal government that's not right you want an electric car go buy it you want an ev swap your 57 chevy uh, i mean I don't know what to say to you. You're an idiot, but okay, go do that. And then what? 
You're going to go to the government and want that funded for you? It's just, it's just completely ridiculous. Now, folks, it is time to figure out why we don't live on Mars. You know why we're not on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people here that are complete morons. And they don't learn. And apparently neither do we because we still let them roam around. So today we go to Connecticut where we find a 27-year-old and a 16-year-old living in a cinder block apartment. Now, why they live in this apartment? Well, because they're losers. <laughs> it's simple as that. And we don't know the relationship between these two. It doesn't say. So uh, that's interesting. So they're sitting there going, boy, the 16-year-old says to the 27-year-old, you're out on probation right now. I wonder what we should go do. Hmm. And the uh, one on probation says, well, we need some money. Isn't it always that they always need some money? I'm sure they'd find some woman to give them money if they were persistent enough. But they didn't want to wait around for that. So they hatch a plan. One of them's got a working cell phone, probably the 16-year-old uh, from his mommy. And what do they do? Well, they do what anybody would do. They turn off Sally Jesse Raphael. And they call the People's United Bank. Now, that sounds like a communist bank, by the way. Uh, People's United by Che Guevara. But either way, they call the bank and they say, listen, bank people. We're going to be there in 10 minutes. So you all get $100,000 ready in $20 bills in a bag and have those bags ready by the front door and no die packs. All right. All right. Brilliant. I think that's a great plan. I mean, certainly the bank's going to do that immediately. So, then apparently they head on out to the bank. Now, when you ask the police, <laughs> the police the police say, we can't make this stuff up. They should have spent time in school instead of trying to rob a bank. They are not too bright. So, when they show up to the bank 10 minutes later, which they do show up, which I love, you got to give them that. At least they're on time. They are met by the police. When they go in and ask for their bags of money, the police arrest them. Oh, amazing. And it turns out the 27-year-old is out on probation for what? Robbing a bank seven years ago where he's been in the pokey for the last seven years. Gets out on probation and does what? Robs another bank. The 16-year-old was not identified other than that uh, because of his age, which I don't never agree with. He's an idiot. He should be identified. By 16, you should know not to go rob banks, it would seem like to me. Now, this is a system problem. This 27-year-old, that's it. I'd give him life without parole. You get out, you go do the same thing, that's it. You had your chance. Okay, you had your chance. It's time to start actually punishing criminals, not the rest of us who have to live with these idiots. And the 16-year-old, I don't know. He's not going to be too good for the world either. So, the thing is... <laughs> If you're going to rob a bank, it is best probably not to call in advance and tell them you're coming to rob the bank and then actually show up. What they should have done maybe is rob a different bank because all cops would have been at this bank. That might have been a better idea. Either way, I guess they didn't have the sacks of money ready for them either. So disappointing when they had demanded it. So I guess in Connecticut, there's a cinder block basement apartment available for you. With a black and white TV, well, they'll probably provide that small battery-operated black and white TV to you. But the real problem is now the second 
bank robbery, this person's going to be in jail for a while. And the reason is that we're going to have to support him. You should also be sterilized immediately. Both of them, really. Because we don't want these people producing. What kind of kids are they going to you know, be a great father to? Because, believe me, there's going to be some woman that's going to be happy to have a kid with both of these people. Eventually, certainly the 16-year-old eventually and the other one immediately. Which always amazes me. Maybe that'll be the subject of another podcast called, Why Are You Having Kids With Idiots? Okay, but uh, that for today. We'll leave it at that today. But this is why we're not on Mars. You know how much money we're going to spend on these people throughout their life? A lot. Enough to send probably four of us to Mars to go live there. And that's a real problem. Dry cheese sandwiches for everybody. And uh, Trucking Answers is getting down the road. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Let me know if you have a reason why we are not yet living on Mars. Live shows are uh, have been on Tuesdays lately. Uh, be sure to check YouTube to see when the next live show will be. And uh, we'll be back soon with more Trucking Answers.